we do see the, the province of Alberta talking real smart. Uh, there's an article that just came out a couple hours ago, sort of a breaking headline here from, from the great Corona North. And it's the, the doctor who is like, she's the, she's the Fauci of the province, although she seems like a sane woman. She says, we need to learn to live with coronavirus without extraordinary measures. Um, <laughs> she says, I am sorry that the way I communicated about the plan changes to our response has caused feelings of confusion, fear, or anger for some people. I'm hearing that the message people received from my words was that I think COVID is over and that people are being left on their own to deal with it. Well, God forbid people actually had to do things like worry about their own health. But anyway, that was not my intended message. So I want to share some of the rationale behind the changes and why I believe this course of action will support the whole health of Albertans. Good to see someone talking about whole health, though. Let's be honest about that, okay? Uh, it says, over the past year and a half, we have faced an extraordinary threat together. Well, that's a lie. Uh, COVID-19 has required extraordinary measures. No, it hasn't. That have saved lives and prevented our healthcare system, blah, 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 blah. These measures were necessary and effective, but they also came with unintended consequences. No, they were intended. Uh, that harmed the health of Albertans in other ways. You know what? I'll take a win where I can get it. I'm happy for them. You know, there's been people in Canada that have said on news shows and stuff, but never have there has there been so far an actual uh, officer of health or whatever her stupid position is um, to come out and say there have been other consequences and they're actually commensurate to the to the discussion. She says, Derek, I care deeply about the health of all Albertans. This means I have to constantly consider not just coronavirus, but all the other threats to people's health. Bravo, that's very rational. The majority of our public health resources have been directed to coronavirus, as has been necessary. No, it hasn't. Uh, that has come at the cost of not fully working on other threats like syphilis. Ooh, syphilis outbreak in Alberta. Well, that's not good. And opioid deaths. Again, thank you for acknowledging this. I'll take it when we can get it. As vaccine coverage has changed the nature of the province-wide risk of coronavirus, it is time, in my opinion, to shift from province-wide extraordinary measures to more targeted and local measures. This allows us to start looking at other issues while still continuing protective measures in areas of high risk uh, and responding to local outbreaks where the health system is under threat. I don't like that. Uh, we'll see what she says about that. We will not eliminate COVID, which means we need to learn how to live with it. Testing every person with a runny nose or a sore throat is an extraordinary uh, is an extraordinary measure that we cannot sustain, particularly through the respiratory virus season. So maybe this is how they're going to bring back the flu. I always wondered how they were going to do that, what the plot twist would be there. Legally mandating everyone to stay home for 10 days if they have any symptoms is also an extraordinary measure. Uh, it was necessary before vaccines. No, it wasn't. Uh, but it is also incredibly disruptive. It could be only be justified when the risk was unchecked by vaccine protection. Again, I don't agree with her, but at least she's following the logic through on vaccines. I know the vast majority of Albertans do not want to knowingly inflict harm on others. I believe that for those who test positive, knowing that staying home is the way to protect others and is the right thing to do will be enough. So actually, this is, okay, This okay, you got to look at what politicians say. You know, one of the things I keep trying to harp on here is... Um, you can't just go off the headlines. You have to see what they're actually saying. It was the same with Christy Nome yesterday when she said, you know, if people want to uh, mandate vaccines in their private place of work, that's fine. People went, oh, my goodness. That means she's grifting the vax. No, what did she say? She said, so you can go to one of the robust workplaces and find an employer that actually values your freedom. That's a dig. That's a way of her saying, okay. Uh, you're on the wrong side of history. So if you're a uh, if you're a private company in, in South Dakota, you want to get that that in, next infrastructure job. 
uh, development job. You want to get that big contract as a construction company. You think Christy Noem, their government's going to hire you if you're one of those people that she says don't value personal freedom? I doubt it. I think that was a, a nice little dog whistle, if you will, on her behalf. Uh, so I'm interested to see uh, that she gives the whole, you know, this is common with government. Actually, our police force here in my town was the same with this. Last year, they put out a letter and I was reading it. And I was rolling my eyes. And I was like, oh, my goodness. It was about, you know, all the people that were basically calling in and trying to snitch on their neighbors. And it started off with coronavirus is the most serious thing that's ever happened. No one's ever died in history. And if we don't all wear masks, we're all going to die a fiery death and burn in the pits of hell. Um and we thank you all for calling, uh, you know, citizens are responsible, blah, 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 blah. And then they basically went on to say, uh, and because we have so much going on, um, uh, we hear you uh, and we're making decisions about whether or not we can respond. It basically was the first half of the document was sounding all coronavirus loving. And then the, the, the first half, sorry. And then the second half was, by the way, we're not going to do anything about it because that's stupid. It was actually kind of a win. I remember reading that going, all right, good job, police force. I mean, I, I can't stand that you bent your knee to the gods of Verona, but you at least said you're not going to do anything about it. So so that's good. Then she's doing the same thing here. Does the whole thing uh, appeases all the leftists. Coronavirus is so serious, and if we didn't have vaccines, you would all die. Oh, so important. Uh, but then goes on to say, even if you get tested, they're not actually mandating that you stay home. And you know what? This is actually, I don't know if it's the same in America, but this is actually part of Canadian law. Uh, January 2019, I believe it was January. I had pneumonia, probably had coronavirus, right? Because everything's coronavirus. Retroactively, I had coronavirus. Um, I had pneumonia. Uh, and it was actually bad enough where um, I had this icy feeling in my chest. You know, I was breathing deep. And uh, I, I, you know, I was homesick for like a couple days, probably about like you know a week and a half before, but the cough just wouldn't go away, and it got to the point where I was actually buying. And I'm, uh, we, we've gone a lot more natural with our remedies, and it's been really great for our overall health. But at the time, I, I was not, <laughs> and um, I was going buying Coughex, which is basically like the codeine cough syrup you can still buy it over the counter here as long as you're a grown up or whatever. And I was swigging that just to sleep, and but I didn't feel sick. I wasn't really that sick. So my wife said, okay, and the, the boys were really sick. They had double ear infections. They were coughing like crazy. My wife said, just go to the hospital. So we went to the emergency room and they gave us a mask <laughs> to wear. And um, I had to put a mask on my two-year-old. He would like, it wouldn't stay on his face. It was so stupid. They had to put him in this chest x-ray thing. It was a, a plastic, almost girdle. And he puts his, he looked like if you go to Chinatown and you see one of those skin rabbits or chickens hanging in the window. I actually have a picture of it somewhere. That's what he looked like. It was actually pretty funny. Um, poor kid that we had to have an x-ray. We all ended up having pneumonia. It was all in the x-rays. Um, uh, but, I ha- but I asked for a letter from the doctor, the doctrix. She was a female. And she actually said to me, no, the law says that your employer can't actually ask for a note unless you have a significant absence. And I thought, Wow. So that's actually the law here. So this is interesting, uh, what she's saying. She's saying that if you test positive, I think you know that it's the right thing to do to stay home. Do you think that the young chap who's working construction and getting paid by the hour and doesn't get paid for sick days is going to stay home? I don't think so. She goes on, she said, when it comes to children, I understand the anxiety about kids under 12 for whom the vaccine is not not available. That's only for insane people, by the way, to be anxious about that. 
I have two children, blah, blah, blah. For children, it is important to think about much smaller risk. Good. To think about the much smaller risk of severe outcomes and the consequences of the public health measures we have laid in place. We know these have led to problems with kids' mental health. You know what? I'm going to give a little bit of a round of applause here. Uh, uh, I can't stand the bending of the knee to the virus, but at the same time, I'm a little bit heartened. I got to admit, I'm a little bit heartened to see a public health official here saying uh, this. And listen to this. She says, the restrictions and the public health measures, we know these have led to problems with kids' mental health. I'm actually very happy about that. Because what do you hear all the time? Uh, politicians are grifting the virus and saying, coronavirus has caused a mental health break outbreak. No, it hasn't. She's saying, the measures have led to problems. You know what? All joking aside, God bless this lady. This is politically very dangerous here in Canada with how leftist it is. So good for her. She says, we navigate risks for our children every day. She's right. And looking at how uh, COVID-19 risks for kids compare with other risks is important to help inform the way forward. That's a very rational way forward. And then she goes on to say, this is sounding all Ron DeSantis EE. She says, for example, for kids zero to nine, the risk of an ICU admission for seasonal influenza in the year before COVID was roughly equal to their risk of an ICU admission to COVID. Um, that's probably not true technically, considering coronavirus in children doesn't really exist and they probably were in there for a broken leg and they tested positive, but good, good point. In another example, kids aged 5 to 14 have 140 times greater risk of an emergency department visit for a sports-related injury than their risk of COVID-19-related hospital admission. Bravo! Bravo to this lady. 